KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Guys, I try not to fan out too much, but today we have got the release of the first legitimate Batman movie in 10 years. Who's with me? Has it really been that long? I've tried to think about that myself, too. It has been a decade, hasn't it? If we're getting technical here, I suppose you could say there was Batman versus Superman and Justice League and all that. For Brian Seltzer, thank you, but no. Yeah, The Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012. I'm just really excited for Battenson. I think Edward Cullen <laughs> has more in him than you all realize. It, it takes a special individual to play Batman. Only a select few have been able to put that cape on, put that and mask well. on, and do it exceedingly well. So, yes, absolutely, we're all in on Batman. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. Now, not only am I going to see Batman this weekend, you know I always have theater on the mind. I'm going to see Rent, which is one of my favorite musicals of all time, and another touring musical that has a local person starring in it. I also might check out the Philadelphia Orchestra's rendition of Fiddler on the Roof, which is, as I will tell you about, a super relevant story right now with the crisis going on between Russia and Ukraine. But we can talk about that later. I, I totally interrupted our Batman gushing. Carry on. <laughs> no, but you brought up a great point. I mean, how about that for timing with Fiddler of the Roof being here with everything that's going on around the world? Um, and even though I may not be the biggest musical or theater person when it comes to performing arts, Rent, 25 years for that, talking about the swift passing of time. That's incredible. So yeah, those sound like two worthy items to have on the agenda for this weekend. But... Yeah, guys, at 36 years old, I have no shame in saying that I'm really, really big into Batman. Jay, I'm not super into the Marvel catalog. I mean, I am. I had an X-Men phase when I was growing up. I also did like Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe. But Batman, for some reason, is the one that stuck with me. And it seems like for people who are our general age, it could be young, it could be old. Batman has this mass appeal. And it crosses a whole bunch of generations, whether you're talking about like my dad's generation with the campy 1960s cartoonish kind of TV show to me, where the first thing that pops into my head and Brian, I can tell it's the same for you, is the world famous Michael Keaton version of the movie from the late 80s with, with Jack Nicholson playing the Joker and that movie just like it redefined what Batman was for me. I do think there there's a Batman for everyone, right? Exactly. I mean, this is the movie that everyone hates the most, but what I grew up on because my mom loves George Clooney oh, was no. is it Batman and Robin? Is yeah. that the really terrible one that he was in? You know, so obviously my uh, Batman education has come a long way since childhood, but like I said, there's something for everyone. This is one of those movies, Batman, without question, whether you're a fan or not, I think everyone would acknowledge that this is blockbuster stuff. This is a movie event. And there's this really old classic theater in Jenkintown, just drive straight up 611 Old York Road. It's right there called the Highway Theater. And I was driving past the other day and I saw on the marquee, because it's got this old school marquee and like the vertical neon lights that says highway, that they would be showing the Batman starting on Thursday, and they had this whole event around it, calling out Batman fans, come for trivia beforehand, then they're going to show the movie. So I wanted to pop by the Highway Theater, which I did last night, and just talk to some like-minded Bat people about what they're looking forward to, what they're pumped up about for the premiere of The Batman. 
As long as I can remember a lifelong obsession. <laughs> we were very excited. That was literally the second we saw it, we bought the tickets. <laughs> I like movies like this. They entertain you. You know, we as a family, we watch uh, a lot of the Marvel and superhero movies. So it's, it's enjoyable. I saw Michael Keaton when I was a little girl, and I just loved him so much. And over the years, others not as good, but the storylines are just so gripping. And that's why I like Batman. I like that it's gritty. I... Um I, I think Robert Pattinson has come a long way since the Twilight days, so I'm curious to see how that goes. And I'm hoping that this can lead into a little bit more and more than just one movie. It seems promising, so I, I have high hopes. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate your Batman fandom? <laughs> it's a definite 10. <laughs> oh, awesome. See, they all get it. All of them get it. They, they understand it. I was 10 years old when the original, well, original Batman came out at the end of the 1980s. That was a cultural event. Like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing the Batman logo and see, and they were marketing the kids. So I was the demographic they were going after. And it, and guess what? It worked. And they were going after people like me, where was it? Couldn't go to McDonald's. It was everywhere. It was on all the different billboards. It was athletes were showing. It was like, it was Everywhere, You know, Jay, the thing that really stuck out to me last night was this theater was about half full, and literally it ran the gamut of types of people who were there. There was one gray-haired couple. There were what looked to be uh, four kids who were of high school age. There were families. There were people who went alone, everyone of all races, ages. It really was a unifying event. The last guy that we heard from who said his fandom was definitely a 10 out of 10, his name is Brandon Joyce. He's actually the film programmer for the Highway Theater. And for a little context, like I said, the Highway Theater is a total throwback. It's like an art house theater. It's member supported. It's nonprofit. It doesn't show movies like this <laughs> ever. But Brendan, he was able to be invited to an advanced screening of the Batman last month. And while he's a huge Batman fan and, and loves the series, he also was looking at the film through a critical lens and he felt like it checked all the right boxes to be a movie like the Highway would show. When we watched this movie, we felt like, okay, this is a movie that can cross different types of groups. A younger crowd's going to come in because it's Batman, but also a older crowd that might be like, I've seen all the Batmans. I've seen them all. I've seen Nolan. I've seen Michael Keaton. Uh, I've seen Adam West. Uh, they're like, I've seen it all, but we're trying to tell them, this is why we're showing this. And the reason why is it's a great noir. It's a film that's like some of these classes, like Chinatown, The Big Sleep. This is a very important film to check out. This is going to blow you away. It's a three-hour runtime. It's long, but it's, it's, it's worth it. It's worth checking out. So, guys, as I mentioned, this was a whole big thing they had at the highway last night. There was actually a trivia beforehand, which they put on the big screen of the movie theater. And I, I would never proclaim that I am a Batman super fan. I mean, I'm really into it. I'll see all the movies. I have some old comic books and figures and that sort of thing. But Brandon, he hosted the trivia Q&A, and I felt like I, I had to put whatever knowledge I have to the test to see how I would stack up. So I asked Brandon to pepper me with a couple questions. So I'm going to hit you with an easy one right now. Uh, so in what American city does Batman fight crime in? Gotham City? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Uh, what villain of his, of his once held the moniker of the Red Hood before he was dropped into a vat of chemicals? The Joker. So here's a little bit of a tougher one. What issue of Detective Comics did Batman debut in? <laughs> Oof. I have no clue. I'm going to say 13. 
you you actually at least you didn't say one. It's twenty seven. So okay. most people will go with one or two. Uh, what uh, nightclub does the penguin uh, run uh, run his criminal activity out of? See, now that's the type of question that I feel like I should know the answer to, but that exposes me a little bit where I'm not totally hardcore. I don't know. Tell me. The Iceberg Lounge. Love it. So I saw the first five to ten minutes of the Batman last night. No doubt. The color palette, the atmosphere, the vibes, definitely dark, but maybe even almost to a new different type of level, perhaps even a little bit more sinister. So I can't wait to actually get into a theater and see it. But I really think, guys, that stepping back, yes, everyone was pumped up about Batman. But the thing that I'm taking away from last night, opening the doors to the Highway Theater, you walk in... Ah, the smell of butter popcorn. You can hear the popcorn. People are filling up their big cups of fountain sodas. You get in the theater, the seats are creaking, the door, you know, creaks open and shut when the lights go down. But really that feeling when the lights went down and you're like, I'm about to start to watch an anticipated movie. That's a feeling that I haven't had during the pandemic because people weren't going to the movies. And to me, last night represented people getting back into the theater. One of the guys I spoke with, Siddharth, he talked about that. It's nice to be out. And you know, I was disappointed when this got delayed so many times because of the pandemic. So I'm, I'm actually, it crept up on me. I'm surprised that I'm actually here now, ready to watch it. And I loved it. That guy, Kenneth, who we heard from in the fan montage, he was there with his wife and two older sons. I think they were either high school and also out of college age. Like, I loved seeing that. I've been doing this. I, th- I know that people have been slower to get back to movie theaters, but that was one of the first things that I was excited to do once I got vaccinated. My husband and I, like, movies are our thing. We love going to the movies. We had that anticipation for Spider-Man. I went to see West Side Story, felt the same way. So, like, we've been doing this, but I'm really excited that other people get to have this experience right now. This whole two years of this pandemic has, because I'm a big movie guy too, like, love actually going, like like you, going into movie theaters. Like, just the whole vibe of it is different. And I've been to a couple of movie theaters since I got vaccinated. I'm definitely getting out to see this, which this will tell you all you need to know. It's going to get me to actually go to a movie theater to see this movie because you have to, this seems like it's one of those events. I got a shout out to Zoe Kravitz. Let's not overlook Catwoman in this movie. Super, super pumped for that. I think everyone, even the people who might not be so much a action movie fans are looking forward to the like romantic tension between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. This is all really cool. And I guess with all the excitement that's there, what's maybe the biggest thing that you kind of got from this going out there last night, Brian? Well, Jay, the first thing, like I said, people back in the movie theater. So it's great for patrons, for just people who love going to the movies. But there's also the business side of the movie industry as well. And for a theater like The Highway, like I said, it opened in 1913. It's got a single screen. How how many theaters these days or movie houses have just a single screen? So for them, they really had to weather the pandemic. And this was like, as Brendan told me, the stars aligned. You get a blockbuster. You have mandates being eased back, people starting to reemerge. So it was the perfect set of circumstances to have an event like last night. This is amazing, and it's been a slow go of it. Uh, slowly but surely, people have been coming back. And with you know the Delta variant, Omicron, and everything, we have a peak in intense, then it goes down, then it peaks, and hopefully now, you know, we're getting in a better situation. And just feeling that, and just looking around, just seeing the excitement. Our, our staff is excited. Our I feel like our patrons coming in tonight are going to be very excited to check this out. I think we're all kind of excited to check this out. Doesn't seem like it was ten years ago. 
for the last Batman movie. But we will certainly be looking forward to this this weekend. And after the break, we go from the screen to the stage. Because now we hear about a couple of great live performances happening in the city this weekend as Rent and the Philadelphia Orchestra are going to present Fiddler on the Roof. And of course, you already know that puts Sabrina right in her wheelhouse. We will talk about that coming up in a minute. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And it's another Theater Friday. And you know what that means. Sabrina, what's going on this weekend? So much. Theater is really, really making a big comeback right now. The Philadelphia Orchestra is putting on a really unique version of Fiddler on the Roof. Started last night, and it's got two more performances this weekend. So they're performing orchestrations from the 1971 movie, which you don't usually get an orchestra this big for musicals. You know, you have your pit, but all of these strings and the full, it's going to be a really unique sound. And then they have actors from Broadway and also from the University of Michigan, which apparently has a really good theater program. They'll be performing kind of in front of the orchestra. I spoke with the orchestra's VP of artistic planning, Jeremy Rothman. He described kind of what that will look like. First of all, you're going to hear the Philadelphia Orchestra at the top of this performance playing these incredibly lush, thrilling, fantastic orchestrations of Fiddler on the Roof um, that sound like John Williams. I mean, it sounds like E.T. meets meets Fiddler on the Roof. And then downstage of the orchestra, we have this incredible live cast in costumes with some set and prop pieces, beautiful lighting, uh, performing all the roles uh, in a multiracial, intergenerational cast that is helping to represent the universal narrative of this incredible story. Now, I know the timing of this seems kind of impeccable, but this is not something they just randomly threw together this week, obviously. No, no. I mean, he talks about that universal narrative. So they've been planning this for three or four years, having no idea what would come. So for those who don't know the story, this is set in a Jewish community in Imperial Russia in 1905. So we're talking about anti-Semitism. We're talking about persecution by Russia. What a time to be doing a show about that. And Jeremy talked about that too. We didn't even realize how relevant it was going to be this week when we planned it. We came to it from the perspective of, well, this is a universal story about human rights and being a refugee and uh, finding finding your place. And, in, and in with your own culture, your own society, tradition versus individuality, it was a story that we really felt we could tell in a modern context. Um, and little did we know it was going to become that much more poignant and searing right now. Moments in the musical where the Russian soldiers come on stage um, to create violence within, within the village, uh, the vivid depictions of anti-Semitism. Sholem Aleichem, who wrote the tales that Fiddler on the Roof is based on, is from a small village in, in what is now Ukraine, just outside of Kiev. Um, Anatevka, is a fictional town that he created, but it's every town. And the story of the people is the story of every people. It's a really just a testament to the power of what like art is, because this is not just simply a play. It's art, too. This is really telling a story. Yeah, absolutely. I think about all these theater features that I'm doing, and sometimes, you know, we're talking about Batman today. It might feel a little weird to talk and think about entertainment in a time like this when there's so much serious stuff going on. But Jeremy made a really good point that... While the weapons of war have evolved, one of the weapons that is a constant is humor. The arts and humor are one of the ultimate weapons, one for 
um, addressing the injustices, uh, expressing ourselves, and that, and that art can reveal the, the ultimate truth and can bring us together as a way of healing, um, that we can address topics that sometimes are painful and uncomfortable, um, but do so together in a way that can be both cathartic and bring these things to light. And listen, if I'm being perfectly honest, as far as learning history in a textbook, for some people, that might not be the most engaging way to get an understanding of history. But yeah, arts, going there, seeing that, I think that makes some of these lessons much more accessible and can get people to understand what happened in a different way than your traditional lecture, academically speaking. This is why so many people now know about Alexander Hamilton, right? Like people learn stuff through arts and it's art reflects life, you know? But if you want to check out that version of Fiddler on the Roof from the Philadelphia Orchestra, it's on stage at Verizon Hall this Saturday and Sunday. PhilOrc.org is the website. One other show that I am super excited about, I mentioned this This was my favorite musical before Hadestown. Hadestown might have knocked it out, but Rent, long-running favorite. It is playing at the Merriam Theater this weekend, and it's the final tour. It's the 25th anniversary tour. This is very likely going to be the last time that you can see a professional Broadway-level production of it for quite a while. And once again, there is a local Philadelphia native in this show, which brings it to even more excitement for me. Shafiq Hicks, who graduated from the Philadelphia High School for Creative and Performing Arts, he went through the Kimmel Education Program and is currently studying voice at Temple. So there is a whole lot of Philly in his past and in his training. He and I had a really great conversation. And, you know, I started by asking him how you recreate something from an era that has passed and that was so different from where we are now. Do the math. He's a college student. The show premiered in 1996. When I was a junior in high school in 1996. So yeah, he's, he was not around. He was not born. He was not born. So I asked him how he got into the character and the era to kick off our interview. I had to do tons and tons of research on the time, tons tons of research on who my character was at the time. Um, my character is has AIDS during that AIDS epidemic. My character is a gay anarchist. My character is a professor. So tons of research was done in order to prepare for the role. Um, but with COVID and stuff, it's really like dramaturgy for me so kind of like helping me realize what times were actually like back then so unfortunately you know the pandemic mirrors the times back then so i can call on it but um you know we're still in a pandemic so it's also that too (laughs) yeah the parallels are really interesting with tick tick boom coming out recently this show is by jonathan larson who that movie is about do you feel like that uh brought in like more more buzz or did you all on tour how did it affect what you all are doing (laughs) yeah well actually so tick tick boom is you know a musical that jonathan wrote and um them turning it into a movie was just a blast to watch it was beautiful to really kind of see jonathan in his like in his youthful prime when we got on stage you know the days after we've seen it it just amped up the show even more because we know what we're fighting for um, he was such an artist. He was such a trailblazer in the musical theater community and, and you know, the world at large. Yeah. The, the more I think about it, the more I think knowing Jonathan Larson's story is a big part of the reason why I love Rent so much, because he wrote this show and then he 
died like the night before it premiered and hearing I've heard the original cast talk about going on stage and feeling like they had to do the performance in his name. You know, he wouldn't have wanted them to cancel. Then you watch the show thinking about his story and it really parallels his life in a lot of ways. The emotions, even as I'm talking about it, I'm just like, that's right. Yeah, this is why I love this show so much. Right. Right. Whether or not people have seen this show before, you're going to get some people who love it, some people who don't know anything about it. Why would you recommend for anyone to go see this while it's in town? Um, there are so many things that, you know, are wrong about the world. There are so many things like when you turn on your television and you see the news, you see the happenings of the world. Um, you kind of definitely need just like this feel good moment. Rent is a show that teaches people to measure life in love consistently. We are always spreading that message and, you know, we're always spreading the message of acceptance and full on, full on love, honestly. So when you come see the show, you know, you're taking something away. You're learning about yourself that you didn't know. You also see yourself on stage. I feel like every group of people is represented on, on that stage. It's also the last tour the last 25th anniversary farewell tour, like the last production of this specific tour. But again, the message is of love and pure acceptance and making sure that you're measuring life in love. Everybody can definitely use this story. I'm curious. I've noticed that very frequently when a tour comes through town, there is someone local on it. And I find that really interesting and really cool. Do you feel like there's something about Philadelphia that sort of like churns out artists or like that it is a good place to get your start in theater? Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is one of the most um, underrated cities for artists. I honestly think we're like silently killing the game. Like it's really great. Yeah. Um, And the thing about Philly also is Philadelphians are harsh critics. Um, (laughs) If you're not talented, we will let you know. We'll properly sit you down, you know, but if you are, we'll do whatever we can to kind of boost and, you know, get you in the community that you need to get into, you know, all of this other stuff and train you up in the ways that you should. So that way, when you get out into New York or LA or anything like that, you're uber prepared to do anything that you need to do there. So that's the one thing about Philly that I appreciate so much is the honesty of it all and um, the integrity of what they do and the art that they produce. I'm seeing the Venn diagram of Philly arts and Philly sports fans meeting at that same point where it says, (laughs) we will let you know if you're not good at what you do very loudly. Philly's honest. You know, we are are a straightforward, tell-it-like-it-is city. We've mentioned this before. There are so many opportunities here, so many great theaters that I, I really do think, like Shafiq said, it's kind of an overlooked city when it comes to the arts. And we're really lucky to be living here and have so much that we can go out and see and do and enjoy. Vastly overlooked. We obviously know names like Marin Anderson and Patti LaBelle, but I'm going to rattle off a couple other names, okay? Boys to Men, Black Thought, Quest Love, for any jazz heads out there, Christian McBride, Joey D. Francesco, Leslie Odom Jr. These aren't just all Philadelphians. These are Kappa alumni. Kappa is insane. The pipeline that that place creates, it's part of the school, for people who don't know, it's a Philadelphia public school. It's part of the school district. It's right there on South Broad. If there weren't Kappa, we would still have a very large art scene. But I think Kappa is such a huge part of creating the art scene and the creative scene that Philadelphia has come to have. Yeah, definitely. Shafiq kind of said the same thing, too, that 
Kappa really made him feel prepared to do what he's doing now. So set him off on the right path from the beginning. You can check out Shafiq in Rent at the Merriam Theater this weekend. Runs through Sunday. And tickets are available at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Sabrina, I, I see how you light up whenever you talk about these things. <laughs> this is this is really cool to be able to do this on another Theater Friday. We're wrapping up this week. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. please don't at me with any spoilers. I'm not seeing the Batman this weekend. we got to see it next week. So no spoilers, please. These hands are rated E for everyone. You out here giving out spoilers. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you so much for checking us out and be safe out there.